morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor, especially if you're visiting this morning. Our service will be led by our Minister Katrina, and everything we need to follow the service is on our printed order service, and I think on the screen? Hopefully. Hopefully on the screen. Um, I th either the data projector or the laptop is playing up, so we'll see how that goes. But certainly everything's on the printed order of service. Um, please note that the children are in a different suite this morning, so when we go out, whether for creche, Sunday school or Bible class... Next Sunday at 11am, uh, Katrina and the Reverend Roger Sturrock will lead a joint service for all saints and all souls in Wellington Church in South Park Avenue. So please don't come here next Sunday. We're meeting jointly with Wellington Church uh, at 11 a.m. And that service will include the act of communion. Then in the evening at 7 p.m., our annual service of grieving and gratitude will be held in St. John's Renfield Church in Beaconsfield Road. This is a special service in which each year we remember and give thanks for the lives of those we have loved and who have died. These are all our notices. Thank you, Anne. It's lovely to have friends back who've been overseas visiting family. Wonderful to see you. Uh, just one little notice um, for me, really. Um, some of you will have found, as you came in, a green copy of the prayer diary on your chairs. Please do take those home and use them in your, your personal prayer time. Um, those people who are regularly part of our church are all <coughs> named on there. And if people kind of join us during the year, we'll keep updating it and tweaking it as we go along. Also, um, we did agree at the church meeting that at our monthly communion services, for the next 12 months, we would experiment with pausing to remember those we have loved and who have gone before us. And so if there is a family member or a member of this church, you would like us to remember during the month of their death what is sometimes referred to as the year's mind. Could you just add them on the appropriate sheet of paper at the front? Again, we can update that through the year, but it will be good to get um, some names to start us off. In John's Gospel, Jesus said these words, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. As we conclude our virtual St Magnus Way pilgrimage today, we go to the island of Egglesey and the theme of peace. So let's join our voices in praise of God as we sing our opening hymn, Standing If We Are Able. Spirit of truth and grace, come to us in this place as now, in Jesus' name, God's people gather.
And so let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. God of peace, as we gather in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ, we do so seeking peace. Peace, perhaps, as a few moments of stillness away from the busyness of our world. Peace, perhaps as a sense of calm, when our whirling thoughts are stilled, if only for a while. Peace, perhaps as release from powerful emotions that leave us anxious or on edge. God of peace, in these moments, please grant us the peace we seek the peace we need. God of peace, as we seek peace and stillness for ourselves, we do so also needing peace from ourselves. Peace as being set free from regrets about things done or not done, said or unsaid. Peace as being set free from anger, bitterness or disappointment. Peace as being forgiven by you and as forgiving others and forgiving ourselves. God of peace, as we receive your forgiveness, grant us the liberating peace that brings. God of peace, as we enjoy the embrace of your peace, so we are moved to offer our praises and our prayers and indeed to join our voices together, saying in whatever language and form is the most normal for each of us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever.
When you came in, all or at least most of you should have found on your seat um, a card. There are a couple of spares here if anybody doesn't have sight of, of one. Um, is that a spare? Yes. Uh, is that one a spare? Anybody at the back not got sight of a, a card? Okay. So what I want you to do is to have a look at your card, have a look at the picture, and see what thought comes to mind. What um, It might be a feeling, um, it might be an emotion, it might be, oh, that's weird, whatever it is. Just sit with that for a moment, and then I would really um, like some help from perhaps some of the younger people. If you think that a word that you would associate with your picture is peace, can you hold your card up in the air? And perhaps Benjamin and Bardia and Esther would come and collect. If somebody's holding their card up in the air, could you come and collect it from them and bring it to the front? so that we can all see which the ones are that people think, yes, yeah, somehow that picture says to me, peace. And there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, if, if you've got a picture of a, a thunderstorm and that says peace to you, that's, that's totally fine. Can let the boys get some as well. Okay, so if you think your picture says peace, if you can bring them to the front, that's what, man. And one down there, one right down there. Right, Esther, let's have a look at what pictures you've got. Thank you. So these are pictures that people think are peace. Thank you. And thank you. Right, we'll just have a quick look and see what you think. So Hung's Chinese restaurant, what do you think? Does that say peace to you? Okay, it doesn't matter if it does or it doesn't, but these are some people think these are... Say peace to it. Tomatoes growing. That's a nice, nice image, isn't it? Yeah? Railway track. Some people say no. Some people say yes. There's no trains on it, so I guess I think it's pretty peaceful. Quiet anyway. Um, two people on the top of a hill. Yeah, you think that's a peaceful one? Yes. <laughs> Seemed quite cl clear on that one. And that's a speed up a bit, aren't I? Some boats. Yes. Yeah? People on the beach. Yes. Now, you, you might not all be, say, say peace to anybody. That's fine. This is a curious one. An old armchair with some leaves on it. That's, that's a beautiful picture. Does that say peace to you? Yeah? Hot air balloon? <laughs> that's dividing people, isn't it? It's really interesting. They look really serene, don't they? But I believe if you're in them, they're really noisy. The sound of the burners. Um, a cat on a windowsill? I think we can uh, say that one is. A cello with a double bass. That's no, a double bass, sorry, not cello, it's a double bass. Yeah, a double bass. Uh, a lady dancing. That's interesting, isn't it? And here we have a, a gentleman selling hats. Because we have ladies, we have to have gentlemen. You know, got to get the equality thing sort of right. 
just say women and men, really, shouldn't I? So some people think that one's peaceful, some don't. Lovely family scene. Yeah? That's a, a very modern one. A young woman out in a field with her laptop. It's peaceful, isn't it? Tranquil. Oh. <laughs> no Wi-Fi, that's it. That's why it's peaceful. Um, a load of people on the lorry. Um, maybe slightly poignant at the moment, isn't it, in the light of recent events down south? But this picture, for somebody, they, they think there's something peaceful about that. And then the last one is a mannequin in a window. A mannequin, a, a thing that you put clothes onto. So interesting. Different people see peace in different things. The story is told about a king who ran a competition for somebody to paint him a picture of peace. And hundreds and hundreds of pictures were painted, maybe some of them like this. But in the end, they whittled it down to two. And the first one was something like this. A beautiful lake on a lovely, bright day, clear skies, little or no cloud, beautiful green trees, clear reflections. And all the crowds go, oh yeah, that's, that's amazing. That, that one's definitely, definitely a picture of peace. And then there was one that looked something like this. A storm, black clouds, lightning, trees blowing in the wind, water crashing down in a waterfall. And the king said, but this one, this one is the picture of peace. Oops. Keep doing that, because here, in this cleft in the rock, a little bird has made her nest. This, for me, said the king, is a picture of peace. And this is a photograph that was inspired by that story of a bird in front of a waterfall making her nest, deciding it's a safe enough place for her to be and to bring up her young. We're thinking a bit about peace this morning, but we're also thinking about peace against the background of a complicated and bewildering world and with some technological challenges. Plan Z might be that I play this off my phone if I can, hopefully can get the phone to connect to the internet, but hey-ho, here we go. <laughs> Lots of hymn writers and songwriters right into complex and painful situations and speak about how their faith in God sustains them or gives them peace. And we're going, hopefully, to listen to a beautiful acoustic version of a, a well-known to some people, Matt Redman's song. Matt Redman is a, is a young uh, songwriter, hymn writer. Well, he's probably in his 40s now, but he's relatively young. Um, and the one we're going to hear apparently was written as a response to the 9-11 events. But he's also a person who's experienced great tragedy. When he was a young boy, his father died by suicide. His stepfather was very unkind. If I remember correctly, he and his wife have experienced miscarriage. So he actually knows what he's talking about when he sings this song. The words are on the sheet, and hopefully one way or another, we'll manage to play it to you.
readings this morning come from Psalm chapter 34 verses 1 to 14. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. 
I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him, and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him have no want. The young lions suffer and suffer want and hunger but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord, which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And the other readings from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I was thinking about today's service and the theme of peace and how to approach that in a world which is characterised at the moment by disorder and chaos and perhaps especially in a week when the tragedy of 39 young lives lost in the back of a lorry in the southern part of these islands, it was tricky. It was really tricky. But over and over, a phrase came into my head, and I was drawn to this little book 
that was given to me when I first arrived here at Hillhead a decade ago. It's called Peace in Chaos, and it was written by our very own Miss Irene Allen. Irene wrote this book to interpret what she saw as the signs of the times in a very distinct way, reflecting her theology. Now, I'd have to be honest and say Miss Allen and I would have disagreed on quite a lot of things that she talks about in here. But I cannot improve on the preface to her little book as a way of setting the scene for our reflections today. This is what she says in the preface. I ask you to open your eyes, look up, look around you. Do you often do this? Come with me for a few moments and do just that. We live in a world of sheer beauty and order. Beautiful white clouds flit across a brilliant blue sky or grey clouds come to water the earth. Have you ever watched a sunset when the sky is enflamed with fire? The ground is covered with bright green grass, beautiful trees and bushes. Flowers of millions of shapes and sizes and colours, intricately designed, springing up, masterpieces of art. Snowdrops, bluebells, Daffodils, roses appear all in their right season, never out of season. Did you ever see snowdrops in August? Marvel with me at such order and beauty. And how we all enjoy the varied fruits on trees and bushes whose seed is in itself, so that they continue to grow. Fruit is delicious to the palate. The air is filled with a host of birds, the cheerful blackbird, cooing dove, and soft nightingale tones. The sea is filled with swimming fishes flashing through the waters. The earth teems with numberless animals, the handsome roaring lion, the powerful striped tiger, the nimble stag, and the special animals that are pets who have the capacity to love and are a comfort to humans. Of course, we could go on and on and on when we take a little time to realise what a beautiful world we live in. But that's not the subject of this book. Should not man and woman live cheerfully and peacefully on such an earth? The answer decidedly is yes. The hard fact is that he does not. We do not. We perceive that something strange has entered into our world and everybody is wondering what's happening. Disaster follows disaster. We hear reports or experience unprecedented freak weather. There are tsunamis, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, heat waves, fires and floods on a record-breaking scale. We see rapidly increasing numbers of cases of vandalism, violence, knife and gun attacks, rape and murder. New prisons have to be built. People have more locks on their doors and are afraid to go out at night. We're witnessing a moral landslide where anything goes. 
Our television screens were displaying nudity, sexual perversion, blood and violence, and all manner of moral filth. She didn't miss, mix her words, did she? Children can access hardcore sex sites on computer. Alcohol and drug consumption has reached an all-time high, largely among young people, so that hospital wards are scarcely able to cope. Terrorist acts are more frequent and on an increasingly large scale. There are wars all over the world, more frequent and bigger earthquakes than ever before. Travel firms and banks are collapsing. Wow. There is a rapid, rapid increase in the instances of terminal in illnesses. And this contrast of the beautiful world and all that's going on inspired her to write this book, Peace in Chaos. And so I guess the question is, can we have peace in chaos? I think the answer is both yes and no. And I think how we answer the question relates to how we define and understand the concept of peace. What I'm going to share draws very closely on the resources provided for St Magnus Way pilgrims who use a number of well-known writers' definitions or comments on peace as a basis for reflection. The Jewish writer and survivor of the Shoah, or Holocaust if you're not Jewish, Ilya Wiesel says, peace is our gift to each other. Peace is our gift to each other. If peace is a gift, then it can't be bought. And it can't be earned. It can only be given and received. It's not a right. It's not an entitlement. Rather, it's a blessing, an act or an expression of grace. Jesus said, my peace I give you. He promises to his followers this most precious of gifts. Would that it were so simple, eh? If only somebody, even Jesus saying, I give you peace, could make it so. Peace is a promised gift, but we are far from passive recipients of unexpected or undeserved blessings. Peace is a gift, but it's also a goal. It's an aspiration that shapes our daily lives. Peace is a promise, but it's also a process a commitment to seek the ways of peace, even when our life experience might suggest otherwise. The psalmist sums it up very neatly like this. Seek peace and pursue it. We can't just sit back and wait for peace to happen to us. We have to want to find it. And we have to be willing to work for it. And sometimes that is really, really hard work. 
Jawaharlal Nehru, the first prime minister of India, said, without peace, all other dreams vanish and are reduced to ashes. Without peace, all other dreams vanish and are reduced to ashes. What do we make of that? What might that have to say to us in our lives, in, in our context? <coughs> the Dalai Lama is recorded as saying, where ignorance is our master, there is no possibility of real peace. Turn on your televisions, I think, and you can see that one. Where ignorance is our master, there is no possibility of real peace. Desmond Tutu went even further. He said, if you want peace, don't talk to your friends. Talk to your enemies. Woof. That's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it's okay to talk to the people we like. It's okay to learn about the people we like, but to actually engage with the people who not only don't like us, but might wish us harm. Goodness. Achieving peace isn't going to be easy. We can't sit back and wait for it to happen to us. If we're going to find peace, if we're going to seek it and pursue it, we have to get involved in the messiness. We have to understand and investigate complicated matters. And we have to engage with those who disagree with us. Not just in the way that Miss A and I might disagree over evolution, but people who really disagree with us over important things. And actually engage with people who might have views that we believe would be harmful for us. Now there's a challenge. Because peace isn't an escape from chaos. It isn't nice, warm, fuzzy feelings. Peace is something we discover in the middle of that messiness. In the muddle and mess of fully engaged human, human living, sometimes we will discover real, deep peace. The letter to the church at Philippi is a letter to a small, very real congregation in which we are told quite clearly there were tensions and fallouts. There were two dear sisters, Suntake and Euodia, who were just told to, come on, sort yourselves out, girls, make friends. Maybe it was a bit patronizing, but you know, this was a real church with real people who didn't always get on. And yet it's into that context that we read these amazing words about the pursuit of peace and the making of peace. The people are to work at being joyful, to be positive, to focus on the good things, to be grateful for their many blessings. You can't just sit and grumble. Be joyful. Always, it says. Always be joyful. Be positive. Be grateful. Be gentle. Let your gentleness be evident to other people. Be gentle with yourselves. Be gentle with each other. And be gentle with whoever it is you bump into in your daily life. Don't let the circumstances overwhelm you. But choose this tricky and difficult path of praying with thankful hearts. 
Now that is definitely a challenge sometimes, isn't it, if we're honest? When life is hard and bad things are happening and we feel perhaps got at, there's a challenge. To give thanks for our blessings, to be positive, to pray with a thankful heart. There's nothing in any of this about being lifted out of the chaos. Nothing about escaping from the realities of life. But there is a mysterious and wonderful promise. A deep peace beyond understanding or explanation that God can and sometimes does give us in the middle of all of that. My own experience of peace of that quality, and I think I have experienced it, is very ephemeral, very fleeting, just in specific moments and perhaps for a specific need. Way, way back, when I was awaiting my cancer surgery, the thing that really scared me was the anaesthetic. It scared me so much that I was convinced I was going to die. And then, in the days leading up to that surgery, knowing that other people were praying for me, and who knew, because I told them that I was convinced, I, was, I, I got my funeral planned, I told Anne that I was not to go to Mary Hill, I was to go to Clyde Bank. This was the level of conviction I had that this was going to be bad. <coughs> and yet, about a day before, utter peace. For that moment, for that time. Because I don't think it's there for us to just swim in that peace all the time. That's my experience anyway. But actually, sometimes when it's what we really need, God will give it to us. I can't conjure it up. There are times when my mind is in turmoil and stays in turmoil, but I still seek for it. I still try to be positive. I still try to pray thankfully. I still try to be gentle with myself, with others, and so on. I seek peace. I dream of peace because that is the goal. That's one of the goals along with hope that we share in Christ. Peace isn't about the absence of conflict or escape from the chaotic reality of, of which we're part. But it's a sense of being lined up with God. That as far as we're able, our dreams, our attitudes, our thoughts line up with God's dreams and thoughts and attitudes. Gentleness, joy, forgiveness, compassion, and our energy is then expended in listening and learning from others as we value them as God does. In the story of the paintings, peace was the small bird building her nest by the rushing waterfall amidst the storm. It's a precarious and risky strategy, but it's one characterized by hope. For here, amidst the noise, close to the predators, she will lay her eggs and raise her chicks, and they too will learn to pursue peace. We can't always know peace. I get that. Sometimes life can be overwhelmingly difficult, disappointing, or devastating. But maybe sometimes in those moments we can think of that little songbird in her desk and remind ourselves and remind God of those promises. Seek peace and pursue it. 
a promise of peace that is beyond understanding. Maybe sometimes God just needs to be reminded of that. Not because God forgets. I don't think God forgets, but, you know, sometimes it can feel that way. Some of you will know the story of Horatio Spafford, the hymn writer. He was a Chicago businessman and father of four daughters. And they had lived through a very difficult financial time where his business had really struggled. But finally, things were turning around. So he arranged for his family to go to France for a well-earned break. He was delayed by business. So he sent his wife and his four daughters, one of whom was a baby, on ahead, promising to follow them. Tragedy struck. And that ship, carrying his wife and four daughters, collided with another ship and sank. All four daughters drowned. His wife was rescued and taken to Britain, where she was safe. And here she telegraphed, saved alone. When Horatio Spafford set off to join his wife, he asked the ship's captain to tell him when they reached the spot in the Atlantic Ocean where that tragedy happened. And so he was called out, he went on deck, he took a moment. And then he went back to his cabin and he wrote the famous words, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Peace like a river then. Not static and unchanging, but vibrant and dynamic and flowing onwards, oh, into that stormy ocean where that peace makes a difference, however small, for those who have to journey on the stormy ocean of life. Seek peace and pursue it. And in the darkest, most stormy moments, even if you are not aware of it, the promised mysterious peace of God will surround and protect you. This is the gift. And this is the goal.
in the words of the hymn from New Zealand that we often sing here. We are pilgrims on the journey and companions on the road. <coughs> and as we complete this season of morning services which have reflected on pilgrimage, let us listen for God who walks with us each step of the way. Let us pray. Peace. We pray for peace for ourselves, both as individuals and as this gathered community here in Hillhead. Peace in our souls. Peace in our relationships. Peace in our daily living, whatever that brings. Peace in the challenges we have to face, the paths we have to discern, the decisions we have to make. God of peace, we embrace the assurance that you walk with us in our pilgrimage every moment of every day. And this morning with our own church family here in Hillhead, we give thanks for each other. In being part of this faith community, we have committed to walk with and to support each other through thick and thin. And so this morning we give thanks for and pray for Joyce, for Morag and for Beth. But peace for us must have wide implications. And so we pray for the peace of the world and our societies. We pray frequently here for the people of lands which are torn apart by physical violence or economic bullying, perpetrated by those who seem to exercise power without responsibility. This morning we remember Israel-Palestine, the lands of Ukraine, Syria, Iraq, Kurdistan, Iran and Yemen. We remember Sudan and South Sudan <coughs> and Somalia. And there are so many others. We inhabit one world. These conflicts or economic bullying may be physically far away, but we are involved. We make political choices when we elect our governments, which we know often implement policies which increase conflict and engage in economic bullying rather than reduce it. And we are also involved in the consequences as refugees and migrants arrive on our shores, in our city, and in this church. 
God of peace. In place of conflict, may we do everything to foster cooperation. In place of dogma, promote dialogue. Above all, save us from a narrow, intolerant faith that proclaims harmony, yet creates discord, that extols love, but harbours hate. And within this context, and specifically this morning, we pray for BMS workers Linda and Amos, working in northern Uganda, helping to settle land disputes. We know that peace is always founded on justice. Finally this morning, as we think of the Baptist Assembly, which will take place in Motherwell this Friday and Saturday, and which will celebrate 150 years of the Baptist Union of Scotland, we mention those churches within our union for which we are asked to pray today. Pollock, Portobello, Queen's Park, and Renfrew. <coughs> Our virtual St Magnus pilgrimage has ended but our life pilgrimage continues. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us your peace. And we continue in our prayers in the giving of an offering. God of peace, Lamb of God who takes away the sin to facilitate that peace, Holy Spirit who encourages us and enables us to seek peace and to pursue it, accept these our gifts and help us to employ them in alignment with those aims. Amen. 
We sing our closing hymn. No storm can shake my inmost calm. What's that rock I'm clinging? Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Thank you.